Yeah, a very good morning to you. How are you doing this Monday morning, the 18th of December 2023? That's right. This time next week, it'll be Christmas morning. It will indeed. Hope you had a good weekend. I hope you had a relaxing and rejuvenating weekend and you're looking forward to the week ahead. This is The Papers, of course, podcast where I look at the front pages of the daily newspapers here in the UK and then we look at some interesting stories inside. Let's start with The Metro. Number of newspapers covering this today. I lied, but it's not a crime. I lied, but it's not a crime. What's it about? Well, it's about Baroness Moan. Michelle Moan. She did an interview. She granted an interview to Laura Koonsberg on the BBC yesterday morning. This is about PPE, personal protective equipment. And Baroness Moan and her husband have, for the last three years, basically told pork pies, little porky pies, they've lied about um, their involvement in uh, a deal to provide personal protective equipment or PPE uh, equipment. They basically denied their role in a deal that hugely benefited a company led by her husband, Doug Barrowman. Okay, they stand to make tens of millions of pounds um, from from the sale of personal protective equipment to the UK government during the scamdemic. And for three years, they denied their role in this deal that um, has benefited her husband's company. Yes, corruption. What's new? The eye paper, I lied about COVID deal, but have done nothing wrong. It isn't a crime to lie to the press, says Michelle Moan. Lovely. The Guardian. Moan admits lying to media over links to firm in PPE deal scandal. There's more important things going on in the world, but the paper's fascinated, obsessed by this particular story. As the Daily Telegraph, though, Israel risks breaking law with its killing rage, says Wallace. This is Ben Wallace, the former Defence Secretary. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. As the Times leads with 3,000 ward admissions a day linked to obesity. We'll come back to that. 3,000 people admitted to hospital a day with conditions linked to obesity. That's interesting. Daily Express, Britain will smash boat gangs. That's a claim by the current Defence Secretary, Grant Shapps. He says the UK will destroy the business model of small boat gangs. That's the lead story in the Daily Express today. Also on the front page is Michelle Moon. The Express says her interview on the BBC yesterday was very much like Prince Andrew's car crash interview with Emily Maitlis. Keith Richards hits 80. He's 80 years old today. And Brad Pitt is 60. 60. The paper's going with some celebrity birthdays today. How did Keith Richards survive to 80? Is anybody's guess, really, is the answer, isn't it? Financial Times, IMF warns Ukraine economy in peril if allies do not speed up extra funding. The Daily Mail, Esther, Esther, read all about it, Esther wages war on woke. That's Esther McVeigh, the Scouser MP. She uh, will declare a war on waste and wokery 
waste and wokery which is plaguing the public sector. She's written in the Daily Mail today and has vowed to fight against taxpayers' money being used on equality consultants and other such nonsense. Okie doke. As the Daily Mirror has reindeer horror. We might come back to that. In fact, we will. It's a horrible story about a British firm selling reindeer shooting hunts in Norway. We'll come back to that. And the Daily Star, to finish with the front pages this morning, all I want for Christmas is snooze. It has a photograph of a rather rotund-looking Santa. What's it about? Um, it reports, does the Daily Star, that an extra two-hour sleep on a Saturday and Sunday can cut the chances of someone who works a five-day week suffering a heart attack or stroke by 63%. So if you have a siesta on a Saturday or a Sunday, or you get a lie-in even, get a couple of hours more in bed, a couple of extra hours in bed, it'll cut the risk of heart attack and stroke by 63%. Those, the front pages of today's UK newspapers. Now that front page story on the Telegraph, Israel risks breaking law with its killing rage. That's Ben Wallace, the former Defence Secretary. He warns the country's tactics will fuel the conflict for another 50 years and will radicalise young Muslims across the world. So writing in the Daily Telegraph today, his comments, um, a bit of a shift in tone from Britain and the West towards Israel as the death toll in Gaza spirals. Now this follows on from David Cameron, the Foreign Secretary, who joined with the German Foreign Secretary late last week to call for a sustainable ceasefire, saying that too many civilians have been killed. Wallace is warning that Benjamin Netanyahu is risking breaking the Geneva Convention and undermining Israel's legal case for the war that it is acting in self-defence. Writing in the Telegraph, he said, Today, going after Hamas is legitimate. Obliterating vast swathes of Gaza is not. Using proportionate force is legal, but collective punishment and forced movement of civilians is not. He said, I quote, We are entering a dangerous period now where Israel's original legal authority of self-defence is being undermined by its own actions. It is making the mistake of losing its moral authority alongside its legal one. Now, on that, The Guardian is reporting this morning that the UN Security Council will vote again today on, on, on a resolution to demand a, an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. So it will vote on a new resolution, resolution, excuse me, a new resolution calling for an urgent and sustainable cessation of hostilities in Gaza. Washington, says The Guardian, is showing a growing impatience with its key ally, Israel. Um, So Agence France Press reports the vote will come days after the US blocked the previous Security Council resolution as it would have called for a humanitarian ceasefire in the battered Palestinian territory. But in the General Assembly last week, the UN's 193 members voted overwhelmingly for a ceasefire, with 153 in favour. So today's Security Council resolution was introduced by Arab countries that had come away from last Tuesday's General Assembly 
uh, vote, they were bolstered by such broad international support. However, the text of the resolution today uh, isn't certain at the moment. Now, staying with Israel just for a moment, also in the Telegraph today, a Christian mother and daughter were killed in cold blood by an Israeli sniper in the grounds of a Catholic church in Gaza, the Diocese of Jerusalem has said. Nahida and her daughter Samar were inside the Holy Family Parish in Gaza, where the majority of Christian families have taken refuge since the start of the bombardment when they were shot dead with no warning. Yeah. Right. The Times. The front story, the front page story in the Times revealed obesity linked to 3,000 ward admissions a day. This is stunning, really. Hospital admissions linked to obesity have doubled, <coughs> excuse me, in six years to more than 3,000 a day, according to NHS figures that highlight the extent of Britain's weight problem. Obesity is exacerbating illness or complicating the treatment of people ranging from expectant mothers to patients with arthritis and cancer. There are three times as many admissions linked to obesity as there are to smoking. More than 20 children a day are admitted because of obesity, a figure that has doubled in recent years. Ministers have been accused of failing to get a grip on a problem that is damaging society and holding back the economy after the government shelved tough anti-obesity measures. People in poorer areas are twice as likely to be taken into hospital with obesity as those in richest areas in the latest evidence that weight issues are hampering efforts to boost the labour market. The article goes on to say that Luton is the area of England with the biggest health toll from obesity, with one hospital admission linked to weight for every 20 residents last year, which is more than 10 times the rate in Bracknell Forest, which is at the bottom of the table. All I can say as an observer, and this is just anecdotal, obviously, but I, I've noticed, I've noticed, I mean, I've lived in the UK off and on over the years. I lived in Spain for a number of years. I have noticed, I see more and more people who are overweight. I, I, I encounter more and more people than ever before who are overweight. It would have been a thing 20 odd years ago when I first came to live in England that you wouldn't have seen a lot of overweight people. But there are a lot of overweight people now. And you see a lot of mobility scooters being used by people who are overweight. You know, not elderly people. You understand when you see an elderly person using a mobility scooter. But these are middle-aged or younger people who are very, very heavy. And I attribute this in some way to processed foods. I mean, I, I do believe that much of what people buy in supermarkets these days, and it's a choice thing. I mean, people do have a choice to buy vegetables, you know, just to buy vegetables and to steam them or cook them. But people do buy a lot of packaged dinners, you know, heavily processed meals, supermarket-owned brands and frozen stuff. And it's just crap, isn't it? You factor into that then crisps and chocolate and then beers. Yeah. Yeah, people are eating shit, no doubt about that. And not getting out, not exercising as much as they should do or could do. What people should do is for people themselves to determine. I worry in the future, will it get really, really, really dystopian when it comes to health? Will 
they begin to, I don't know, say to people who are overweight, will they begin to start looking at charging people? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see for access to various services on the National Health. We'll see. The Mirror, and this is on the front page of The Mirror. British firm blasted for selling stick reindeer trophy hunt trips this Christmas. Hendry, Ramsey and Waters is a business run by Vernon Waters. Boasts that it is pleased to be able to offer moose and trophy reindeer hunting in the northeastern part of Norway. The exclusive trips would take place during three weeks in the late summer. Outlining the reindeer hunting trips available to buy this Christmas, the company's website says only a few licenses are available for big males, so this hunt is very exclusive and the season is very short. Now, the Mirror reports the firm doesn't say how much a trip will cost, but it is understood to be thousands of pounds. The website says the prices are uh, available on application. The website even suggests to trophy hunters the best type of rifle with which to kill a reindeer. Uh, Sir Sir Ranulf Fiennes, Sir Ranulf Fiennes, of the campaign to ban trophy hunting said, it's probably the most un-British thing I've ever heard. If we needed proof of just how evil trophy hunters really are, then this is surely it. Well, my personal opinion is, is that you have to be sick to want to shoot dead an animal for sport. Now, hunting for food to sustain yourself and humanely killing only that, only that, which you need to survive. Because we know there are indigenous peoples around the world. There are people who live in, in, in forests. There are people who live in jungles. There are people who um, can only survive by hunting uh, that which they eat. And only hunting that which they need to eat. And that we understand, of course. Won't be a hypocrite about it. But people who, 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 who pay massive amounts of money to shoot an animal dead for sport, are sick. I mean, evil. Sir Arnold Fine says evil, but sick. You'd have to be sick, wouldn't you, to want to kill a big docile animal that doesn't know, that is completely unaware that it is in the crosshairs of a gun. You are a disgusting, fucking sick animal of a person, aren't you, really? Yes. I stand with people like Ricky Gervais and everybody else who campaigns against these scumbags. It's a disgusting thing. How could you want to do that? It is beyond my comprehension. But they're out there. I used to be a big fan of Alistair Cook when he was England's cricket captain. He was a great opening batsman for England. I love my cricket. Listeners to the Richie Allen Show might be aware. And then I learned that Cook is one of these sick puppies, one of these sick bastards who derives pleasure from from shooting dead, harmless animals for for no other reason than you get some sort of a sexual kick, presumably, out of pulling the trigger and killing it. Yeah, awful, awful story. Yeah, let's leave it. The Mail, let's look at the Mail, the Daily Mail. How hair they, how hair they is the headline. Uh, The missus, who's oft mentioned, maybe to the annoyance of some, I do give her a, a mention, from time to time, that's my missus, who is French, and at the moment is in France, was watching Miss France on Saturday night. 
Now, she's not into it, but it was a tradition in her family for years. So she's not been home for a few years. So her dad said, come on, we'll stick on Miss France. We'll watch Miss France. And her granddad used to watch it, God rest his soul. So they sat down for the laugh and they watched Miss France. How hear they? There's a big row over the winner of Miss France. The Mail reports a bizarre row, a bizarre woke row, has erupted after a Miss France contestant with a pixie cut hairstyle, won for the first time in the pageant's history. Yves Gilles, who's 20, from Nordpass de Calais, in the northern part of the country, was crowned by last year's winner, Indira Ampio, in front of 7.5 million TV viewers. Yeah. But the beauty pageant is now facing a peculiar backlash, that it has gone woke after the judges chose the androgynous Ms. Gilles as Miss France 24, after all previous winners featured more supposedly traditional long flowing hair and curves. <laughs> That's right. She was the first woman in the competition's history to win with a short haircut. We're used to seeing beautiful misses with long hair, but I chose an androgynous look with short hair, a defiant Ms. Gilles said, and she praised her win as a win for diversity. Nobody should dictate who you are, she said. Every woman is different. We're all unique. So it all kicked off in France. MP Sandrine, Sandrine Rousseau, came to Ms. Gilles' defence and said so in France 2023. We measured the progress of respect for women by the length of their hair. And this uh, MP Sandrine Rousseau has worn her hair in a pixie cut uh, because it is an important symbol of France's Me Too movement. That's in the mail. number of newspapers covering that, in fact, today. Woke Row, as first woman in Miss France history with short hair, wins the pageant. Let's have a look inside the sun. And again, a number of the UK newspapers are covering an Irish story. A story about a suspected arson. The sun, fierce inferno. Fire rips through Galway Hotel after protesters block entrance over plans to house migrants at 19th century building. So hours after protesters blocked an entrance to a disused hotel, um, a blaze ripped through it. Irish cops are investigating after the fire broke out at the Ross Lake Hotel in Galway at 11.35pm Saturday night. The 19th century hotel was due to house 70 asylum seekers this week. Fire services brought the fire under control and the hotel is being examined. It's being investigated now. Protesters had formed a blockade outside it. Uh, before uh, the blaze broke out, the hotel has not been used for a number of years and nobody was hurt. The Irish police are probing the fire as a case of criminal damage. Yes. The incident happened, says the Gardaí, at 11.35pm. Fire services brought it under control. Nobody was inside the building at the time of the incident. The scene's been preserved and a technical examination is taking place. Yes. It's toxic at the moment. This issue in Ireland, understandably, illegal migration and the imposition imposing on rural communities, which are often tiny, communities of 100 or 200 people, busing in 70 or 100 or 150 migrants 
undocumented men who don't speak English, let alone Irish, obviously, and uh, hugely problematic for these communities. And people ask questions about it, understandably. Then the press in Ireland, the media, and political representatives, and everybody, they accuse these people of being racists. Very toxic, and um, it's a tinderbox, no pun intended there in Ireland. By the way, as I speak to you now, it is 6.56 in the a.m. Here's an important story in The Telegraph again. BT and rivals told to stop forcing digital landlines on people amid fears power cuts will leave elderly stranded. This is important. So BT and other telecom joints have been ordered to stop forcing digital phone lines on the elderly after power and internet outages left pensioners stranded. So the Technology Secretary, Michelle Donnellan, demanded action from telecoms companies after a number of serious incidents where pensioners' telecare devices, so a telecare device is a personal alarm designed to be activated in a health emergency or after a fall, these devices failed because of digital landlines. On Monday, that's today, BT and Virgin Media will confirm they will pause the rollout of their digital phone lines in response to these concerns. So about 2 million people in the UK rely on telecare alarms to call for urgent medical help. The alarm buttons, usually worn around the neck or on the wrist, automatically call a response centre when pressed through the wearer's landline. Operators can then check if the person needs help and send somebody if necessary. Now, while the telecare systems do work with digital landlines, the fact that the phone line makes calls online means it'll fail if there is a power cut or if the internet drops out. The old-fashioned way, the old landline, um, they don't need power to work because it's copper phone lines, you see. So the elderly are at risk by this imposition of digital phone lines on them. They need the old-fashioned landline to be guaranteed if they fall, if they become immobile, that the response team is notified. So this is hugely important. And let's give Michelle Donnellan, can't believe I'm saying this, and the government a little bit of credit for doing something about this. Yes, digital telephone lines should not be replacing landlines for senior citizens in this country. Uh, Absolutely right. Well done, we say. We like to look out for the elderly on the Richie Allen Show and on the papers. Um, Just going to have a quick look then at the BBC News website before taking my leave of you this morning. I will be back with you today at four o'clock UK time, of course, for Monday's Richie Allen Show. By the way, it's very mild here, very mild this morning in the northwest of the UK. I don't, uh, I don't know what it's like where you are, but it's very mild. So, what is the uh, what, what 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 what's being covered on the BBC News website? Not a lot, really. Spiking crackdown to see more funding for test kits. Spiking is a thing. It's always been a thing. Uh, More training for door staff and funding for testing kits are among a package of measures announced to crack down on spiking. Ladies, ladies, ladies. You will be going out, of course, a little bit more maybe over the Christmas 
one or two parties. You might be on staff, works, dues, whatever. Keep your drink with you at all times. That's how you avoid the spiking. Don't leave your drink down, turn your back on it, go to the loo. You know, go out in groups, make sure that if you got to go somewhere like the loo, that your mate's looking after your drink for you. Yeah, so um, the Home Office has said the law will have to be modernised to make it clear that spiking is a crime. And I mean, it must be obvious that spiking is a crime. Putting a putting a uh, drug into somebody's drink to render them incapacitated is obviously a fucking crime. But that's um, one of the stories on the BBC News website today. They're also covering Michelle Moon and the £60 million PPE profit. The BBC is covering the latest from Gaza and the Security Council resolution which will happen today or the vote on it which will happen today. And that's really it this morning. There's not an awful lot else really I can tell you. So look, um, all that's left for me to say is have a fantastic Monday. Have a good Monday. And I do hope you can join me for the other show later on at 4pm, that's the one. That's it for the papers today. Do share it, please, on your social media pages. There's not much social about social media, really, is there? Thanks for listening. Until later on, it's bye from the BBG. Bye.